ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. When you head to your weekend soccer or cricket match, you're normally there to cheer on the school team or local club. It's fun and usually not too serious. But what you probably don't know is there are a lot more people than you realise taking an interest in what's going on on the pitch. Today, ABC investigative reporter Pat McGrath on his Four Corners report into the gambling giants infiltrating community sport. To tell this story, it's best, I think, that we start on the sidelines of a soccer pitch in Melbourne where the South Springvale Football Club is competing. It's the sort of match, I guess, that's replicated across the country. Yeah, indeed. I mean, this was a very typical late autumn Melbourne afternoon. It was uh, it was pretty cold. I think there was even a bit of hail falling on the, on the game as they played, but it didn't stop them. So this was um, South Springvale Football Club. This team in particular, South Springvale, they play in what's called State League One Southeast, which is the fifth tier of soccer in Australia. And the president of this club, a very passionate and long-term volunteer at the club, he basically one of these people who keeps the club going, um, Jim Simos, was there and he was um, he was nervous. It was a big game, even though it was an amateur game. How's everyone feeling about today? Nervous. Nervous. Um, always the case when there's a big game on. So it'd be good atmosphere, good game, tough game. So it's the fifth tier. It's not the Premier League, that's for sure. Far from <laughs> it. Far from it, yes. But everyone's really there having a bit of fun. Yeah, it's, it's an amateur competition. Nobody gets paid. South Springville's been around since 68, formed by Greek immigrants predominantly. A lot of the people that started the club are still a part of the club now. So it's got that whole family vibe. There's, you know, there's plumbers, there's electricians, there's even a doctor out on the field. Mm-hmm. It's a real community environment. But when you went along, you noticed something in the crowd. There was one spectator that you noticed sort of stuck out a bit. Yes. So uh, he was sitting in his car and at one point he was sitting on, on a sort of a fold-out picnic chair on the side of the pitch and he was giving a, a commentary of the game, a very sort of rudimentary commentary, basically just saying who had possession of the ball, whether uh, the ball was out of bounds, if there was a throw-in, uh, if there was any red cards and goals. And, you know, he was really just keeping a really intent watch on this game, and he clearly wasn't there for fun like everybody else. So who was he? So he's what's known as a data scout. And so he works for a multinational company called Sport Radar, which is a a Swiss company that basically specialises in collecting live data uh, from games like this, but also, you know, higher higher leagues, professional leagues, and selling that data on to bookmakers. And what they're doing is giving these betting markets that have popped up around the world on these these amateur games a a live feed of, of what's happening so that bookmakers can adjust their odds and and gamblers around the world can make bets in real time. It's, it's unbelievable. I've never, ever heard of people betting on an amateur 
soccer game. Did you approach him? What did you say to him? Yeah, so we did, and he he was he was up for a chat. He um you know he's just there doing his job. Mm-hmm. Does Sport Radar have to ask permission for the clubs to be here? Permission? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> do do the clubs know that you're here usually collecting the data? Uh, no. We asked, you know, do the do you tell the clubs that you're here? And he said no. You know, it, it, it's a it's a public. It's a public ground. Anyone can turn up and watch one of these games, and that's what he's doing. And we asked him, you know, did he know where the data was going from these games that he was covering? And, you know, he, he said he didn't know. If it is ending up on betting sites mm-hmm. uh, like Bet365 and these other betting sites, what do you think about that? Do you think there should be betting on games at this level? Uh, no, it's too low level. Mm, okay, so Pat, did the club or any of the players know that this data scout was actually there, that he was there collecting this information from their game? No. So South Springvale basically had no idea uh, that this was going on basically until we started talking about it, uh, you know, at the start of this this season. The first thing I'd heard of it was on round one this year that they were gambling on our games. Um, I assumed, obviously, the top leagues. I was totally unaware that it was down to our levels and below. Mm, Okay, it sounds rather concerning. So, Pat, let's talk about how widespread this is Mm. and who is actually betting on these sorts of matches. It seems so strange that anyone would want to spend money on a local soccer match, betting on a local soccer match. It's just sort of inconceivable. Oh, indeed. And we asked Sport Radar about it, where it all goes. I mean, they, they wouldn't tell us exactly where all this data ends up, except that they do have bookmaker customers around the world. We ended up speaking to um, a man named Prasad Kanitkar, who previously worked as as a trader, it's it's called, at at Bet365, which is one of the biggest bookmakers in the world. Welcome to the world's favourite online betting company. This season... And what he saw is that there would be, even on amateur community games, you know, hundreds, potentially thousands of dollars being bet every minute on these games. Um, Yeah, you'd see like sort of tens of thousands of dollars per minute. um, Per minute? Per minute. On a suburban soccer game. Yeah, absolutely. And potentially millions of dollars on, on, you know, these games out in the suburbs, which we had no idea about. Do you think anyone has any idea about this, that there's this volume of betting on this level of sport? No, if you're not in the industry, you wouldn't have a clue. He thinks that a lot of these people who are betting on these games, they don't care about the details. Mm. They don't care if they if they don't know who the club is. They just, you know, they're people who just want to bet on anything. So it's happening in the sport of soccer, and you've seen that. Mm. But where else are these data scouts showing up? Well, we've seen also in cricket. So. Mm-hmm. In suburban cricket, weeknight T20 matches uh, around Melbourne, so, you know, 20 over matches were showing up on a number of unregulated, you know, non-Australian registered bookmakers who would be betting on really suburban games where, mm. you know, the quality, I mean, it's, it's, it's really social. A lot of these games are live streamed. We went out and visited a match played by uh, Maribyrnong Park Cricket Club and on the sidelines, they had this camera set up live streaming the game. Maribyrnong Park and, and clubs all around Australia, they've embraced this streaming technology, which enables them to you know live stream their games so friends and family can watch mm. games. If, if they can't be there, it gives the clubs access to advertising that they can put on those 
on those streams. When we've spoken to Sport Integrity Australia, which is the the, you know, the watchdog mm-hmm. for for sport integrity, and they're concerned that clubs doing this by broadcasting their games, they may be inadvertently exposing themselves to international gambling markets. Cricket Australia, which endorses this this streaming product, which is called Frogbox, which is incidentally owned by Sport Radar, the same company that uh, was sending the data scouts out to the to the soccer games. Cricket Australia sees this as a positive because it does get more eyeballs on the sport. It does create advertising platforms for the for the clubs, which you know typically do struggle financially. And they say they do give training to the to the clubs on how to protect themselves from you know these inadvertent gambling markets that they might be exposing themselves. So they see uh, see it as a net positive. Yeah, and you've also found, of course, that this betting on low level matches like this it comes with a greater risk of also match fixing. Mm. We've spoken to a lot of integrity sport integrity experts about this. And their concern is that at those junior levels, at the semi-professional and amateur levels, the risks of match fixing are are really significant, that someone would try to get a player to influence the outcome of of a game, whether it's soccer, Mm. whether it's cricket, whether it's tennis, to deliver an outcome for somebody who's gambling on that game. We talked to, to Catherine Ordway, a sports integrity law specialist at the University of Canberra about this, and she's really concerned. So if somebody came along and offered someone $10,000 uh, to to fix a match in some way, whether it was for a goalkeeper to let in a number of goals at a particular time or whatever it was, then that's obviously going to be a much bigger incentive than for trying to influence someone with $10,000 in the, uh, the top leagues around the world. But Pat, why Australia? You know, we're a pretty small market. Hmm. Why do these big international betting companies target little sports here or any sports here? Yeah, well, that's really unclear. I mean, we know in Australia, gambling is is a huge deal in terms of sports advertising. You know, sports betting advertising is everywhere through sport now. Gambling Hmm. in general strips about more than $20 billion out of the community every year. That's more per person than in any other country. We've managed to get hold of some of these agreements that basically set out how the big codes, the big sporting bodies get a cut of all betting done in Australia on their games. So basically they get either a, a portion of a bookmaker's total revenue, their total number of bets on a game, or the bookmaker's profit, whichever is higher. So in the case of the NRL, they get a 1.2% commission on every bet Mm. placed on their games. And that's delivered, we understand, $50 million to the NRL last year. Uh, The AFL, we understand, earned about between 30 and $40 million. But none of the codes disclose this in their financial statements. They don't put any information about exactly how much money they're making out of these deals. So we've had to work it out Mm. for ourselves. So the AFL and NRL, they only allow betting on the, you know, the really top tier levels of their sport. Football Australia, it allows betting and takes a cut of betting on everything from the A-League and big international matches all the way down to these community matches that we were talking about, like the South Springvale games. So any bet made in Australia, they don't get a cut of any of the international betting, but any bet made in Australia on any level of um, soccer all the way down to those local levels is delivering a cut to the to the governing body. 
Wow. Okay. So, Pat, we know that gambling is hugely lucrative in the big leagues, but now you've also revealed that it's infiltrating this community sport. Mm. Is there a way to actually stop this, to wind it back? Well, we know that there's definitely the mood is changing on on sports betting and the opposition, the government and the crossbench led by David Pocock and other independents are really pushing for substantial change here. Mm -hmm. We've seen some reporting around the government talking about a ban on sports betting advertising during games, but there's a feeling out there that the government is to go further than this. Mm, and Pat, what about at the local level, at the Springvale Football Club? What can they do? Because they don't want the data scouts there, do they? They don't. And and really, there's not a lot they can do. And they don't have any say in, in where this is going and have no control over you know, whether people around the world can bet on their games. I don't, I, I don't understand it. Being such a small part-time football, really, and that's all it is, just volunteers and kids coming out and having fun. I think betting on amateur football altogether, just probably not on. Pat McGrath is an investigative reporter based in Melbourne. You can catch his Four Corners report on ABC TV tonight at 8.30 or on iview. Sport Radar says it does not supply live feeds or matches to bookmakers. The company was valued at almost 12 billion Australian dollars when it listed on the Nasdaq two years ago. Cricket Australia says it's up to the clubs to make sure the companies can't access their live footage. This episode was produced by Veronica App App, Flint Duxfield, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.